increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. Are you looking to invest in short-term rentals in North Carolina or South Carolina? There's a lot of great markets there, but even more important, the markets are that you find the right agent. And that's where my man, Tyler Kuhn, comes into place. I personally used him for three purchases totaling over $3.5 million, and I would not look to anybody else. Just jump down into the show notes right here below the podcast, click on the link, and book a free discovery call with Tyler to explore the opportunities in both North Carolina and South Carolina today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to STRonomics. I'm joined by my good friend, Kenny Bedwell from STR Insights. And Kenny, a little bit of a controversial topic we're going to discuss today, why we hate Logan, Ohio. So and you and I have taken a lot of <laughs> shit over the last couple of weeks from people that own and actually live in Logan, Ohio, and mo more specifically have invested into Hocking Hills. So why don't you kind of just lead us in? And if you want, I can go back and kind of you know, give some color to it in, in the storyline. Sure. So let me start to the defense of, of Logan first. So why people are defending it, why there's like this, you know, I got several DMs and posts on social and, and, media. And, and, before you even and, go there, let's make it clear to everybody that's listening. We don't hate Logan, Ohio. I mean, that no. literally that's a clickbait title that I just put in there. There's no, and you're listening yet. because of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so we, I've never been to Logan, Ohio. I've been to plenty of places in Ohio. I love Ohio. Kenny and I both love national parks and even state parks to invest around. But there's specific data that means that a property is might be investable today, but it's not really as good a year or two years down the road that Kenny will support. Sure. So let's talk about Logan. So, uh, you know, one, one of the biggest things that people, you know, came after us was like, look, you guys preach traffic drivers and people, you know, making sure that there's demand for that area. And Logan, Ohio is, you know, supposedly someone gave me some stats of 5 million people go there a year. I need to look into that. But, you know, You're it's gonna get an email for using the word supposedly. I, I don't have the source, so I can't back that up 100%. It's possible. But 5 million people go there a year to go to Hawkins Hill State Park, biggest state park in Ohio, or I guess most trafficked state park in Ohio. And it's three hours from Pittsburgh and Cleveland and, and Columbus right. and all these cities. And so it's like, yeah, it, it checks off what you guys are saying, but why are you ragging on it? What else was going to say that? Oh, and I mean, the fact, like, if you, if you look at the numbers, like the market level numbers and say at SDR Insights or other platforms, it, it, it kind of looks attractive. However, when you start looking into the underlying data, you start looking at the trends of that particular market. Uh, there's some things to, uh, I guess, be desired or things that are less attractive that make that market less attractive. The number one thing that the people who reached out to me privately or posted on social media, you know, defending Logan, they're already invested in that market and they've been invested for several years. So, Kenny, so what you're saying is if you, if like if, Drew or Dave or whoever the guy was, right? If he was invested there and if he bought there in 2017 versus buying in 2021, the numbers would be different? Extremely different. <laughs> Extremely different. So I want everybody to understand as Kenny's diving into this data, 
Kenny and I don't hate Logan, Ohio. There's just better places to invest. And I want you to understand why Kenny and I do this podcast. One, it's to educate you to go through exactly why Kenny and I would not invest into Logan, Ohio today as a market. We might find that ideal property that's on fire sale that, you know, we might be able to get. And, you know, then, you know, hey, it might be a good investment. Kenny talks about I, you like using STR insights to identify markets. And then we always talk about buying the property, investing into that individual property. So there's just better options out there today. That was not the case in 2020 of September when we were in Gatlinburg in the movie theater, Kenny. And it was number one on the list for gross ROI. Do you remember that? Yes. That was before yes. STR, that was, you were in beta for STR insights. We had 40 people in that room and then everybody immediately, they're on their laptops or iPads and their phones, they're looking up Logan, Ohio. And you could buy an eight bedroom house for like something crazy, $389,000 at that time. That was in September of 2020. What would that $389,000 house be today? And was that, as you said, when we're coming, when we started, is that capped at revenue? Right. Is it doing the same amount of revenue or even less today? So I just want you guys to understand, we're trying to give you the best places to invest so you can make the most informed, best investment by learning how to analyze, by learning how to use the data. Kenny's the data guy. I'm a data guy too, but not as hardcore as, as Kenny. And then I look at the marketability and I look at all the other components. So we do not hate Logan, Ohio. Kenny, we're probably going to need to go there and actually do a live STRonomics uh, podcast well, there. It's funny. Yeah, I know, right? That'd be great. Um, I, I did go to Mohican State Park, which is near there. Uh, not right there, but somewhat near there in Ohio this past summer. And I mean, it was great. It was, you know, see all the rentals there, the tiny homes, a lot of people down there, good traffic. But it also is seasonal. And if the numbers don't make sense, and, and that's something too, I want to come back to what are the numbers when we say the numbers don't make sense. So I mean, people are interpreting this differently. And I, unfortunately, I had made some assumption that everybody kind of understood what numbers are. So Bill, when we talk about numbers, we're talking about revenue, we're talking about prices of homes there, really those two big pieces but also and number two is what's changed dramatically if they would have yes. bought in the summer of 2020 versus today right oh 100 that four hundred thousand dollar house in september of 2020 could be 600 today or 800 even correct so yep i mean it's it's uh it's crazy so when we say the numbers don't make sense we're taking into account not just revenue but also housing prices as well because that that's honestly the one of the biggest pieces of the pie so that, and I think that's why a lot of people got confused when they're saying, well, I'm still seeing great numbers and they're referring to revenue, but they're not buying, they're not purchasing properties in that market. That's not bias, Kenny. That's not, yeah. that, that personal tie, you know, oh, hey, I've got a house that does 350,000, that did 350,000 in Gulf Shores last year and I made 220 net. If I buy that same house today, I might do 230 to 260 gross revenue today and literally my net might be about 40 or 50 or 60,000 because the price increase. So yep. it's it's really that personal bias that you talk about a lot to where hey, I'm doing well in Hocking Hills, I'm doing well in Gulf Shores, I'm doing well in Buffalo. So I want to share with everybody that I'm doing well on social media and, and if I'm doing it you should be able to too. But those data points don't line up for the investment today. Right. Like think about those people that have four bedroom cabins and 
you know, with great long range views and the Smokies that paid 350 grand in 2015 or 16, they might do the same revenue as somebody that paid a million for that a year ago, but literally the profit margin, the cash flow and the cash on cash is completely different. That's what we want you to understand when we're talking about the numbers, right? Yes, exactly. And I think too, it's not that you can't find good deals or good opportunities in Logan. And that applies to really any market. You know, I know we pick on, uh, we'll pick on Broken Bow, we'll pick on Blue Ridge, but there's always going to be opportunity in those markets. However, biggest thing for me, especially being having, you know, my voice in public is I don't want to lead people in the wrong direction. I never want to do that. And especially new investors. And the, one of the issues I've seen too is, you know, Bill, uh, you know, we, we, you've seen this twice, I should say, you know, when you say I'm investing in Banner Elk, what, what does everybody do? They go invest do? in Banner Elk. They go invest in Banner Elk. When you did Gold Shores, you flooded Gold Shores. So, so I mean, it's probably it, a combination of both Avery Carl and, and myself, but you're right. Gold yeah. Shores was the big one that first happened going down there. And, and I'm seeing the repercussions now. My Banner Elk property is doing well, but Beach Mountain, I talked to Tyler Kuhn last night. 400 properties, you know, like new transactions for SDRs flooding into that market in the last, I think he said 12 to 14 months since the beginning of 2022. That's insane. And now Beach Mountain, not so good. You know, not even close to projected of, you know, when I closed on that thing in, in March or April of last year. And and the value has not increased. I just got a report on the value and it's pretty, well, from Tyler, it's pretty much stayed the same. I paid 535. It's literally well, the value. He said, if we listed it today, we'd probably list it at like 529. So mm -hmm. that has not been a solid investment. And I think a lot of that is because of that following and that saturation, because it's driven pricing down dramatically. And the market's too small to absorb that. In a Gulf Shores or a Destin, you talk about really looking at markets that have at least 200 STRs in it, right? So you have to look at the size of Broken Bow's very small. Beach Mountain's very small. So if you look and you get that really quick saturation and things go wrong, like what happened with the Ukraine, interest rates, that whole kind of, you know, just stepping stone or uh, things that happened. And that drives the psychology for people to just compete on price and it makes it challenging. We're not saying that's what's happening in Logan. And this really isn't about Logan. It's just the example of, of a market that in 2020 of September, and I'll never forget this because we'll get shit about this forever. It was the first time you publicly showed a spreadsheet of the data that you were acquiring to build out STR Insights. STR Insights didn't even have, you know, a, a front-facing platform at that time, right? The only people that had seen this data, and for the first time, was our mastermind and probably four or five or six or ten other people max. You'd shared it with like your your closest confidants, right? And at the top, we're expecting Gulf Shores or Destin or you know Pigeon Forge or something to be the number one gross ROI property in the country. And it wasn't, it was Logan, Ohio. And a lot of that was because of the entry price, the price point for the properties at that point. And that's what I think people don't understand. I mean, you try to buy in Destin today, Kenny, Destin's okay. So here's what I'm, I would rather invest into Logan, Ohio than Destin, Florida. And I know you're wearing your Destin sweatshirt and you were there hoodie. Sorry, if I called that a sweatshirt, my little girls would kill me. It's a hoodie. You just spent a month there. I love Destin, but it is so freaking expensive. And I've, I've been looking at all price points for three clients that I'm looking for properties for. Like 500 to 800, 
800 to 1.5 and 3 to 5 million. Nothing works. Nothing works if you want at least 20% cash on cash. If you want to have solid cash flow and specifically at the rate, the rates combined with the increase just annihilates performance right now. Mm. Right. So I don't, I, I think Logan's probably more investable than Destin is. And that Destin is a pure byproduct of the cost of homes skyrocketing. So I can buy the same tier three, tier four home in Gulf Shores today for 700 to 800,000, well, probably 600 to 700,000. Then I'm going to spend 1.5, you know, 1.6 million for in Destin. Yeah. And I'm going to, and I'm going to do roughly the same amount of revenue, which place is better to invest. Oh, Logan. Let's all go to Logan. Logan, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, Logan, Ohio. Now everyone's going to go invest. But there. I mean, so just to get, I'm gonna, one more second, I'm going to let you run with it. The context here for those of those of you haters uh, that hate us because we're dissing on, we never said Hawken Hills, just Logan, Ohio in general. It was number one. And it's probably not in the top 100 today. Is it? No. Is it in the top 200? Uh, yeah. For its size, yes. So, yeah, but not top 100. So if anything falls from, you know, the number one hit song goes from number one to outside the number 100. You know, LeBron James, who just broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record, if they annihilated that and he fell out of the top 100. Anybody remember Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire? They were the best in the mid-90s, and nobody remembers them. People have forgotten about Barry Bonds because they cheated and their records are erased, right? So when you go from the top and you fall out of grace, then it's not – people forget about it. And it's, it's the same thing here. It's just not as investable as it once was. Right. And, and I'm done. And it would be something called a trend, right? hundred <laughs> so, percent. Right. And we don't, that's a, That's actually a great topic we need to talk about in a different podcast is the trending markets that trended during COVID that fall off post COVID. Yeah. I, I'd like to do some research on that too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's for me, um, one of the biggest things I, I go back to is I don't really want to send new investors because we have a lot of new investors listening who are mm -hmm. trying to get into the space and you know if we promote a market they're going to go there and i know we've picked on some markets and so people are like i'm not going to go there you know but we use these examples to to say look like avoid these situations now for advanced investors there's always opportunity and there's always opportunity in logan and you might be able to you know either do a burr or something where you can force appreciation by a fixer upper and a force yeah. appreciation and get that cash flow. Um, but you're going to have to be very smart about it, especially in Logan. And, and, and I mean, you could find a great deal and, and you win like, and that's great. you know, you stick it to us, but you know, congrats, like I'm, I'm here for everybody, not, you know, not just me. So, but for the new investor, it's not a market that I would say, yes, you should go look in Logan, Ohio. Let's stick to more traditional traffic drivers and traditional vacation rental markets that are you know performing well consistently one of the things too i've seen over all numbers and someone brought this to my attention is the pure revenue so remember when i when we just defined what numbers we're looking at we're looking at revenue and we're looking at housing prices and we're putting those together and saying okay where was logan two years ago versus where it is today and someone came to me and said kenny well have you seen the historics for logan just the revenue and i was like no, I have it not before, you know, 2019. And they sent me a file and it started 2018. And it's basically the average. We're looking at the average and the average revenue 
for, you know, it's like the median listing revenue has decreased since 2018, which is, you know, shocking. A lot of markets, most markets, popular like Destin, you know, uh, Gatlinburg, so on, the average revenue has increased after COVID, you know, and then we're starting to see like a slight decrease now for in 2022 for the average, but Logan has actually decreased. Well, I, so, assume, I assume it went like this, right? And then it went up, it probably plateaued in 2022, and then it started to come back down, right? Are you talking about Logan? Logan, yeah. No. It didn't go up during COVID? Every year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, since, yeah. So, you know, and, and, and when it works, and I don't really like saying, okay, a market, you know, because we're buying properties within a market. And if a market is decreasing, properties can still be increasing based on where their location is, the quality of the property, amenities, and so on, what they're offering. Uh, things that we've talked about in other podcasts before. So, you know, saying, okay, well, don't ever buy a property or it's a bad deal for anybody. That's just not the case. However, there's these indicators, you know, these these signs that we've just talked about, you know, the revenue decrease and that the housing price is significantly increasing and jumping up are indicators and red flags to me of a trend or, you know, a market that's kind of tapped out in terms of rental. Um, and I, and I've really seen that too. So there's a ceiling, there's a revenue ceiling for most of these properties. And it really goes back to the type of guests that are going there, you know, so people who are in Logan, who are defending it, it's doing great for them. And that's awesome. But who are your guest avatar? Who is actually staying there? Can they afford to pay more money? And I already know the answer to this because I've been down, I've been, well, I've seen Mohican State Park and, you know, I live kind of in that area. So I know who your guest avatar is. And the answer is no, they're not looking for luxury stays. The majority of people going down there are not looking for luxury stays and they're not willing to pay for it. And so going in there and try to arbitrate, like just trying to force revenue up by having a nicer place won't work in a market like that. And so, and to me, that's dangerous for a new investor to jump into, to try to say, okay, I'm going to go in there and try to beat the competition. The competition has a leg up on you with wisdom and experience and they know what they're doing and they're already in the right location. So it's going to be hard to really replicate that in a place like Logan. That's a whole lot of value right there, Kenny. And, cool. you know, one of the <laughs> things that, one of the things that you said, and a lot of people try to do this and I've tried, I've done it myself and I probably did it in Beach Mountain too much as I put too much money into a $530,000 property with furnishings and decor and design from my wife. And there's a lot of markets and that, so that's a blue collar market, right? I mean, sure. There's plenty of wealthy people that come there and there's probably more because skiing's an expensive hobby, but it's not Aspen. It's not Vail. You know, I can't build a, a Breckenridge, you know, $3 million chalet in a $500,000 A-frame in Beach Mountain. And even myself, I was guilty of this before we started doing a lot of this and looking at the data. I felt that I could force the market to get into that luxury space in some of the smaller markets that I was in. And a perfect example is like Fort Morgan, Alabama versus Gulf Shores, like the West Beach area versus out in Fort Morgan. Completely different buyer personas that are going out there. And so I spend less out there than I do in West Beach. Right. And I think a lot of people can blow through their, their budget and their returns by overdeveloping when they don't really understand that buyer persona. It's not just for marketing, right? It's like the investment piece. Are you looking to purchase an STR in the Western North Carolina mountains, the high country, maybe even on, on the beach of North Carolina and the OBX or all the way down into Hilton Head, South Carolina? My man, 
Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty has you covered. And one of the things that I love about Tyler is he specializes in short-term rentals. He takes a no BS approach, is honest, and is filled with integrity. How do I know this? Because I've used Tyler on three transactions totaling almost three and a half million dollars and he has absolutely crushed it for me. Look, if you're not sure where you should invest, he's based out of Asheville, North Carolina. He helped me invest in Banner Elk, North Carolina and Beach Mountain, North Carolina. He's not only just a real estate agent that specializes in short-term rentals, Tyler is also an owner of short-term rentals and owns a management company. So one of the biggest hurdles for us mentally is to get over, how do I find cleaners? How do I find handymen? How do I find a plumber? Well, you know what? Tyler's dialed in and he helps his clients navigate those issues. So if you're looking to invest pretty much anywhere in the Carolinas, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty is your man. And right now he's actually doing a free discovery call. You can click down on the link in the notes and set up your free discovery call with Tyler today. One of the things I want to go back to, and then I'll let Kenny kind of expand on this, is Kenny has made it abundantly clear, and, and this is kind of how I use his tool as well. He developed STR Insights to identify markets. We There is no other tool available, Rabu, MashVisor, AirDNA, that allows us to identify the strengths and weaknesses in an overall market and then be able to start drilling down. If we use the other tools, we have to identify, we have to do our own research. We have to find it and then plug in that narrow data, the address and that type of stuff into those platforms. So I want to make this abundantly clear. And I'm going to ask Kenny, because I'm going to kind of just give you 90 seconds of how I invest. I use STR Insights to identify the markets. I identified a market that I was going to invest into two and a half years ago. And it was a huge market. It was a, almost a state. It was about 50, 60% of the state of Montana that was an open oyster of where I wanted to go. Two and a half years, every day, literally probably missed less than 10 to 15 days in two and a half years. Zillow, Realtor.com, Airbnb homes for sale on Facebook and the group, my three go-to channels. My one data source is STR Insights. And I'm looking in Big Sky. I'm looking in Missoula. I'm looking in Hamilton. I'm looking in Whitefish. All these different places, Bozeman everywhere there. And because over that two and a half years, those markets have had some shifts. Some were investable two and a half years ago that are not investable today. I can't invest in the, in the heart of Whitefish, Montana. We're talking a million dollars for a two bedroom condo that's going to do a hundred thousand, maybe 85 to a hundred thousand dollars a year. So I had to buy something 15 minutes out. Sure. I'm spending the same 15, the same million dollars on this property, but it's in a smaller town called Olney. I'll have way less competition out there. And now I've got a house, but I've also got more marketability, right? So if you have the skills to market, then I can force more revenue. But as Kenny said, there's still going to be this cap. So I have no delusions of grandeur that I'm going to turn this hundred or $125,000 property into 200 or 250. And I think a lot of people still have that, Kenny, that they say, oh, wow, well, I can do this, this, and this, and I can Air DNA 90th percentile says 100 grand. STR Insights says 100 to 120. I can turn this into a $200,000 property. How? If these are all average properties and the first time we caught shit was Bill and Kenny's hot picks with that property in Palm Springs or India or wherever it was, right? And yeah. the lady said, I do it at 50,000. And we were showing like 150. And her place hadn't been updated since it was built in 1922. 
And the other place was modern and updated and renovated and had a pool. And a pool in that market was probably worth 30000 a year. You know, it gets to be 120 degrees. So I think we have to start at the market value. And every one of you that are listening, and I'll say it because Kenny will never do this, you need to have an STR Insights account when you're identifying the markets. Then you drill down to bedroom count and budget inside of that market. And you got to look at that gross ROI because that's where Kenny's talking about that is home price versus revenue. And that's going to give you the delta, right? Yeah. And really, you need to, we, we used to try to be, you know, 15%, 20%. What's the reality? What's investable for you today, Kenny, on gross ROI, if you were buying today? Well, so it's going to be, you know, property specific. You can keep that in mind. Um, not necessarily market specific, but 100%. you know, if I'm looking at a market, I mean, it can go from anywhere. Uh, it's got to be probably over 13% gross ROI. Like 13 then, to 17 to even explore yeah. the market. Yeah. Because it's about what's my probability of finding a good deal in that market. It's if not that have, I you can't have 50, find. You have 15% on average in a market. You can find a 20%er in that market, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can also find 10%ers in that market. That's why you really have to do that analysis to drill down. Right. And that that's that's what it's about. It's like, I want to save, look, I want to save my time. I don't want to waste looking in areas that I, I just won't find anything. So what's my probability based on my criteria that I'm going to find a property in this market that's going to meet it? If that probability is, you know, it, it's always the, the probability, unfortunately, in these days, it's going to be low. You can't just look on Zillow and boom, there's a property that's going to hit it. Like the chances of that are low. Um, however, you want to find markets that have a better chance of doing that in than others. So that that's that's how that's kind of how I function and how I work when I'm looking for deals. So in so. those of you that are in Logan, Ohio, just to kind of put a bow on this for you, the first place that Kenny was a hater of was Blue Ridge. And <laughs> he's got some hate DMs on Instagram for Blue Ridge. Kenny is a legitimate Blue Ridge hater. Not really. So but Blue Ridge is a prime example in early 2020 as COVID was just hitting and I remember in the South, most of this of the South open, most of it, not all of it, like around May 1st, we were shut down beaches and stuff like that for like 30 days, maybe 45 or 60, maybe Atlanta was a little bit longer. But it, when Blue Ridge is open and Atlanta was shut down, where do you think everybody went? That's the closest place for them to be able to get away, right? 90 minutes to two to three hours, depending on where you're going up into that Blue Ridge area. And Blue Ridge was a very, very investable market then. We talked about it a lot. And this is pre-probably STR Insights for Kenny. But we had like Brandon Thompson was invested there. It was definitely in my top five markets at that time. But then, you know, it was, it was short-lived. Six, nine months later, there was no mention of Blue Ridge anymore. Same thing kind of happened with Broken Bow, right? And you look at these markets that are a little bit smaller. I don't know the number of STRs in Broken Bow, but I got to imagine it's less... In Broken Bow proper, less than 500. In Blue Ridge, what would you say? 1,500 maybe max throughout maybe 2,000 max. So when you go down to the bigger traditional markets and you look at like a Destin, you know, so what is, I mean, just Panama City, Gulf Shores, these beach markets have 14, 15,000. There's more absorption. And you have to understand the segment of the competition. If you're buying a single family home, what percentage of those are condos? If you're buying condos, so I look at, you know, back in the day, we had 14,000 in the Gulf Shores, Fort Morgan market, right? And I, th and I don't even think that included Orange Beach at the time. But out of those 14,000, it was like nine or 10,000 were condos. There's so little single family homes in that strand. 
specifically on the west side, the West Beach area of Gulf Shores going out into Fort Morgan. It's one of the reasons I would never invest in the condos, but those are much bigger markets. If you think about the Smokies, huge market compared to Blue Ridge. The Smokies, I don't know the data, Kenny, but I got to imagine the Smokies in number of units is five times to 10 times larger than Blue Ridge. So that saturation point that everybody talks about, what, go ahead, Kenny, it's four times okay. bigger. Well, yeah, yeah, let me let me get some numbers out here, some legitimate numbers, so we're we're not like puffing smoke. But <laughs> so broken. Are you Bo saying has, I'm Cheech and Chong in it back here? Yeah, pretty much. No, so Broken Bow has uh, close to the the area of the market defined as Broken Bow has close to a thousand. Some uh, close, um, but that's a, still a small STR market. It's an emerging smaller STR market. It's well, sure. let me rephrase. It's small for a hot market, is what we. Sh for one that everybody on social media is talking about. And that's a that's big that's a big deal. Smokies is over eight thousand. Eight thousand properties in the Smokies. Correct. Blue Ridge? Two a little over two thousand. Two thousand so area. So we're gonna take into account Morganton, uh L J, Cherokee, all that. I mean, is that like Hiawassee and that type of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So Which I mean weird line. Yeah. Blue Ridge is four times smaller than the Smokies. Yeah. So I mean, that's when I look at those bigger markets, the saturation, in my opinion, is much easier to be absorbed when you have this influx of investors that are coming in. Right. And you have um, and like the smoke and think about the traffic drivers for the Smokies, right? So the, the one the one thing that I'll tell you, if you're in Logan, Ohio, and you look at the proximity to those major cities, I'd be running Facebook ads and buy sell trade groups all day long in those cities. I, I still to this day have one guy and he's never paid for any of my programs, fucking crushing Blue Ridge, crushing Blue Ridge because he's spending $400 a month. He has two properties, $400 a month in Facebook ads in Chattanooga, Knoxville, and mostly Atlanta. He's been like, I think 300 bucks a month and like 50 in Chattanooga and 50 in Knoxville. And that's it. That's the only place that he's advertising. Absolutely crushing two properties. Yeah. I, I mean, it, sometimes it, you got to drive your own traffic. Yeah, it can be done. I, I I don't want to say it can't be done, but you've got to have the know-how. And I think this is where you like have that, you know, that uh, self-realization that you can do it or you, you know, shouldn't try to do it because you don't have the knowledge or you got to go learn how to do it. Or, you know, like that. that's why, like, if I generically say, yeah, Logan, Ohio is a great market, you know, you'll have people who don't know what they're doing or who don't really want to know, you know, how to do the marketing and the extra legwork, they'll start investing there and they'll make poor mistakes. And then I'll get even angrier emails, um, you know, from people who are actually losing money. So I don't want to get those at all. So I guess, yeah, yeah, to just like wrap this one up. I mean, so here's, I want to add one more thing that I think oh. that people should put into their performance or at least be tracking data points. I'm just going to use Logan, Ohio as an example. And I don't know Logan, Ohio from Adam, but if I'm investing into Logan, Ohio, and I think in any market, and this is when we're saying Logan, this is any market that you're going into. We talk about traffic drivers, right? So you should write down what are the top three traffic drivers into your market. And let's just say that they're coming from Cleveland, Dayton, and I don't know. In, in Pittsburgh. Okay. Then go in and look at what you're paying for the house before you buy this, before you put it under contract, find the, the property that you want. What are you paying for it? What do you think you're going to do in revenue? What's your ADR going to be? Include improvements, you know, ARV, all that type of stuff. Then go back and do some research and look at what the average household income is in those markets. 
If you're going around the ski resort, you need to know how many people are visiting that ski resort. If you're going next to a, everybody's talking in Frisco, Texas about the new amusement park that's going in. Well, what are they expecting in annual volume? There's a reason that investing into Orlando has been insane for the last 25 years plus, And it's because of the major amusement parks that are there and the tens of millions of people. As the Smokies grew from 8 million tourists a year to 10 million to 12 million people, more and more people started investing there. So you need to know the income level for that buyer persona. You need to know the traffic drivers and you need to know that build out the buyer persona that's going to stay at your property because that has to directly correlate to the traffic driver and your ADR that you're going to be charging. And that literally should be on your spreadsheet, your performa, because that's just important as the data that's going to impact your data. If you don't know that, you're going to make a bad decision when you're investing in any market. It's just not Logan. We're just using that as an example. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, also, I just want to say, like, don't think for, for most people, don't do this unless you have extreme experience and, um, you know, courage but don't don't try to go and reinvent the wheel in a market meaning like don't think that your property is going to be the a major traffic driver because of you know you put in a, a pickleball pool court or uh you know the swimming pool that nobody else has like yes that can increase your revenue but it's not going to you know jump it up you know well above what everybody else is doing i do i do truly believe in a ceiling for revenue based on what the guest avatar is what I would recommend the majority of people listening do is when you're targeting a new market and you're trying to see what works, you need to see what's already working and then match that or do a little bit better. Don't focus on, oh, I'm going to try to do this completely unique strategy. I like to, you know, somebody, a, a good friend of mine gave the analogy. It's like, you know, McDonald's. McDonald's spends millions of dollars on researching the perfect locations for their the restaurants so to, to buy the right real estate, you know, and they spend a lot of money doing that. And then you have Burger King on the end, other hand, what do they do? They don't spend a million dollars. They just follow where McDonald's goes. So McDonald's sets up a location, Burger King will go across the street. And, and that's then Wendy's and then Taco Bell <laughs> and then everybody exactly. follows them. So you need to, if you're, you know, we need to be, you know, obviously like, especially new investors, we need to be scrappy. We need to be looking for deals and opportunities, but don't try to think that you're you you found that secret sauce in this market that you've never invested into um, that no one else is thinking about. Like you need to look at what people are currently doing that's working, and then replicate that. Because I think a lot of people in the last few years have been overestimating what income they can do, and they really Agreed. just be running on conservative numbers on what's the market currently doing. And if that works, then you can play around and, and add some things to see if that that bumps up. Underestimate so, revenue by 10%, overestimate expenses by 20% that get that 10% that gives you a 20% delta in the middle for mistakes because we all make mistakes. You know, when I went into when Kenny forced me to go into Banner Elk, I didn't even I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even I didn't even think about <laughs> snow plowing costs. I'd never been in a winter market before. I didn't know I figured and I'm not on Beach Mountain. It's not gonna I'm not nearly the elevation, it's not gonna snow that much. And I think I've had like $1,700 in, you know, snow plowing costs. That's because it's a large driveway and that type of stuff. Most people would probably be five, 600 bucks. So you don't know what you don't know. So that's why you want to have that Delta. I'm going to end the, the show with the last thing I want to share with you. Kenny's an influencer. There's no doubt about it. I'm an influencer. There's no doubt about it. I hate using that word, Kenny, but 
Avery Carl, influencer. Michael Shogren, influencer. When you follow these people, Sean Raskovich, you know, Stacey St. John, I can just keep going on and on and on, right? Kyle Stanley, whoever. The problem is, is when you follow us, it's like watching CNBC and Ron Kramer, and then he says something great about a stalker, Ron and Son, and then you go buy the stock an hour later. By the time it hits television, it's too late. It's like when you're trying to buy multifamily apartment complexes, and you're looking on, uh, you know, Zillow. By the time it's listed, all the wholesalers and, and the developers and everything have already passed on it, right? So don't follow us into markets. You know, nobody knew I invested into Banner Elk until four months after I in, actually invested there. And the inner circle, like my mastermind knows immediately when I'm investing there. And some of the members went and invested into that market. But by the time that it comes out publicly, it's old hat at that point. You have to make your investments on your own merits. And I do believe, Kenny, that it starts with where you want to go. I think you have to have some interest in a market. You know, there's nothing wrong with broken, broken bow, but I have no interest in, you know, Oklahoma and that market. I've never been there. So I just, I don't have any answers. Nothing wrong with it. I'm sure I would love it if I went there. I'm sure I would love Hocking Hills and Logan because I love parks. But you, once again, you've got it. You still have to be able to put that bias aside. But I do believe outside of the data, you need to choose two or three markets that you're interested in. Because if you invest someplace and you lose interest in that property or you lose interest in that market, it's not going to go very well for you. So make sure that you do have some passion level. That, and that's one of the problems that I see is people that are strictly investing financially, they're, they're, sometimes they're going to need a co-host. Self-managing that when you have no interest just for the money. Like I'd never be a slumlord or anything like that. Could probably make a lot more money, but I just wouldn't have an interest in it. So I think there's a lot of these things that you all need to consider when you're making an investment. But I, I can't tell you enough. Don't follow the influencers and where they're going. They know things that you don't know, and they're not always sharing like Kenny and I do. Basically, I used the, the term Kenny in an email the other day, opening up the kimono. We give you everything. But, you know, we're recording this podcast, and this may not be out for three or four weeks, right? And if you make action based on this and the, the micro decisions, that may not work out the best. The disclaimer here is you have to do your own research. And one thing I will tell you, Kenny, I got to figure out how to get your IG handle on here. I don't know how to do that, but... DM me on, on Instagram. DM Kenny yeah. on Instagram. Kenny, what's your what's your Instagram handle? Uh, it's just at Kenny underscore Bedwell. But also, let me throw this in here. I did start a uh, after a bunch of people reached out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Your Facebook group. Yeah, I did start a Facebook. Just a public, well, a public slash private Facebook group about data. It's called the STR Data Host. So STR Data Host. Check that out. And it's where people just posting about data and metrics and, and that kind of stuff. So if you're interested, uh, join that on Facebook. So STR Data Host. The All STR that. Data Host on Facebook. That's Kenny's new Facebook group. If you want to geek out on spreadsheets and data and get a freaking headache, then go into Kenny's group. It's amazing. I'm just <laughs> kidding. You just launched that like a day or two ago, didn't you? Yeah. And he's already got a couple of hundred members in there. I just joined yesterday, already sharing some How'd valuable information. I wasn't going to let you in. What's that? I wasn't gonna let you in. It was no, uh, no Logan, Ohio haters in the group. So <laughs> well, we better kick you out then, because you're the Blue Ridge and Logan, Ohio hater. Oh boy! I no. used your email address when I submitted, by the way. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> cool. We'll see you guys uh, hopefully in Kenny's new group. Jump on over there, the STR data host. And most importantly, make sure that you hit the subscribe button. And Kenny and I, if we've created any value for you at all, we would absolutely love it. Please uh, leave us a review. Just like we need great reviews in our, our properties. If we've created value, please just take 30 seconds and leave us a five-star review. Whether you're on Amazon, Apple, whatever it is. Uh, because we'd love to get this out to more people. And really, Kenny needs help catching up to my SDR Unfiltered podcast because I'm like number four in the industry and we're like number eight. So we need to get some more listenership. There we Thanks go. for watching, everybody. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.